Let's talk about boobs, baby. Let's talk about boobs, baby. Let's talk about boobs, boobs, you and me. Let's talk about boobs. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Self Love and Pleasure Podcast, a podcast to help you unlock your deepest love and pleasure potential for a pleasure lit life. Hi, I'm Trisha, also called Patricia. I'm the Self Love and Pleasure Coach at Ukeda, a very well known pleasure toy reviewer content creator and so much more than that welcome back to another episode and this one will be all about boobs <laughs> because i am going to have a boob breast lift very soon in like less than three weeks now and i received so many questions about it that i thought this is going to be a podcast episode a podcast episode about my planned boob lift, breast lift. Because first of all, I received questions like, what is it? Why would you do that? What's involved? And yeah, so I think I'm going to give you a little bit of a background about my story. as like, why am I going to have a breast lift? And then obviously also a little bit more information around it, like um, costs or preparation. How is the process? So this one will be episode number one about the boob lift because I'm going to have that very soon in two and a half weeks. And then I'm going to do an episode after my lift to give you a little bit more of an insight about the experience of the surgery day, the recovery. Um, so if you've got any questions in regards to that, then reach out and let me know. Let's talk about boobs, baby. And this song is now stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about boobs. So I'm going to give you a little a background. First of all, disclaimer. So I'm not going to give you any like medical advice here. Um, I'm also not going to give you um, the boob lift education. So all of that, you're going to have to do your own research. So this is very much a more personal experience of like what led me to um, going to plan the surgery. How was my experience with it so far? Um, just to give you an insight and, um, yeah, insight of my personal experience, basically, because it's the self-love and pleasure podcast. And the goal is to embrace, to empower, to inspire. And it's also not a podcast episode of, like, everybody needs to get a boob lift if they've got saggy boobs. Um, not at all. So you will hear over this podcast episode that, this is all coming from a different um, point of view and that if you're going to get a lift or not a lift, if you're going to get um, these cushions in there um, or not, like it doesn't matter. Like as long as you do things that feels right to you and is right for you and do it for yourself and that you don't attach your happiness and your self-love to it. So. Do it out of a perspective of a non-attachment. So let's go way back. Um, young Trisha, young Patricia had um, a double D basically when I was about 16, 15, 16. I had big boobs, big boobs. Um, I, I would say it was like an average, maybe a little bit more like, yeah, I had a belly and I always had that. 
And yeah, big boobs. Um, I actually got um, bullied a few times because of my big boobs. Or if I did meet guys, it was like, oh my God, look at your big boobs. Look at your big boobs. And I'm just like, yeah, right. So it was a, it was a thing. Like Patricia was combined with big boobs. Then I was anorexic um, for about a year when I was about 17. I went from like 72 kilo down to 47.5 kilo. That was my lowest with 178 centimeters. So you can imagine that was a big loss within a year. My dub, my D, double D, D boobs um, basically went down to like an A. Like on my body was basically just skin and bone. The, the 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 point where I realized what I've done to my body was the moment when I put on a bikini and we had a planned um, swimming event and nothing fit me anymore and I put like a bikini on that was like yellow super white pale skin like um I was freezing all the time etc but anyway this is going to be a different podcast episode if you want to hear about my anorexia um experience but yeah, looking at it and there was like not much left and it was like really just more skin than anything because I didn't work out back then. All I did was not eating, not enough calories to lose weight, didn't train, there was no muscle mass. It was basically just skin and bones and loose skin. So I went from like D to A and then when I did get out of my anorexic and I recovered, I started eating again and I put all that weight back on. I actually put on a little bit more then down the track. I think it was four years later, four years later, five years later, four, five years later, I actually put, I would say almost, yeah, six, seven kilos more on than I was prior. So there were these big boobs again, but already there, they were not as lifted anymore. So already there, there was a bit more saggy. And that was like, being beginning of 20s um it was okay because it was like filled it was big but still it was more hanging and if I didn't wear a bra I didn't feel comfortable because I wanted to have lifted them up and already there I'm like oh I wish I could have like a boob lift so it already was on my mind there but I already also knew I wanted to have children and I knew I wanted to breastfeed and I didn't want to have anything intervene with me breastfeeding my children because I knew this is the best and now that's the best connection that's the best nutrition for them and for immunity etc so I wanted to breastfeed I wanted to have two children and yeah what happened so down the track I fell pregnant with my first and interestingly there was they got even bigger <laughs> with filling in the milk um, so at the end of the pregnancy, they got bigger and then with the milk in there, I had like E, I think I went, I had like double D, E, F. Um, I think I had a couple brass and F as well. So got really, really big. And when I was pregnant with my first one, as a, because I knew I wanted to have a boob lift down the track because I could imagine, oh, this is going to like having kids, they're going to get saggier. Um, I started saving for it. I actually had a little saving like pocket thing 
And when, um, because when you're like a first time pregnant, a lot of people are coming around, especially family friends. Oh my God, like, what can we get the kid, the baby? And like, what do you need? And like, they come around with all these stuff. And I'm just like, all right, this is what the baby needs. And if you want to do something for the mom, the first time mom, here's a little box, put some money towards in it because she's going to get a lift down the track. <laughs> so the plan was like, when I had my second, then eventually down the track, I have my lift. So I started saving that money. Unfortunately, that money, not unfortunately, but it did get used for something else, which is Australia. So coming back to Australia, um, the Australian dream was very, very expensive, not just money-wise, energy-wise. Um, yeah, effort, like a lot, but also different story I could talk about. If you're interested in, in the Australian dream, how that is from like moving from Germany to Australia and working on a permanent residency with backpacking and having kids and etc. Anyhow, so moving along, um, I had my first child. I was breastfeeding about six months in. And then we, um, I leaned off. But instead of leaning off properly and taking it, like pushing it longer out, I was leaning off in a very, very short period of time so that my boobs actually had not enough time to really, yeah, go like reduce the milk production slowly so the skin can really adjust with it. So I wasn't as knowledgeable in this moment and just thought, oh yeah, now I'm just going to lean off quickly so we can change over into the bottle and, you know, I don't... I'm not restricted on like, yeah, boob and bottle and the mix. So it was not enough time given. So they got a little bit staggier with that. Because um, if you've got like all that milk and all the milk ducts and all that stuff in there, and when it doesn't have time to just lean off like over a month, um, but you do it in like a week or two, um, the skin doesn't have the time to really adjust to it. So then um, I already knew like, oh, yeah, cool. Um, I'm okay with them. Yeah, they're definitely saggier. Not like, woo, they're my, my boobs, but like, yeah, they're my boobs. Right. Then um, I got pregnant with my second and also had my, like, they got bigger again, obviously, with all that milk coming through and I was breastfeeding as well. The story there was um, a completely different um, situation there. So, I left um, the the kid's father. I was a single mom with a with a toddler, then the baby, and because I didn't have my permanent residency back then, I also didn't get any support from the Australian government or the German government because I was living in Australia. Um, and because I didn't have the government support, so no family tax or maternity leave or anything in this regards, I needed to go back to work as soon as I actually had the baby. So given it was a few weeks in, I think it was, I think it was week nine or 10 that I could push out with collecting a lot of leave and like annual leave and etc. So pushing it out, I think I pushed it out like 10 or 11 weeks after uh, my second was born. And I had to go back to work. Um, fortunately, I had really amazing employer. They loved me. I loved them. And it was a really good win-win situation. Um, I have 
contributed a lot um, for that nursing home and they have contributed a lot um, to make things work for me. So that was really great. I was able to change hours to make it suit because I said like, I can't like still breastfeeding. Baby didn't take the bottle at all. Like I tried everything. I tried different attachments of the bottle, different bottle brands, different like anything. No, <laughs> my baby, my baby chose to rather starve um, and just wait for me to come around to give the boob. But no, no bottle, no bottle at all. So um, I went back to work and basically the first few shifts of weeks was like four hour shifts, um, breastfed, run to work, did the work. And then on the spot, I'm like, no, I need to go home. Not sure. Can I just like, no, my baby's at home. It's starving. I need to go home. So quickly home, back on the boob. And this stressed me out. Um, it, it, was, it was a tough time, but I made it work. And I kept going, I kept going. And I'm like, gonna take the bottle soon, gonna take the bottle soon. And then one moment, I don't know how many weeks it was in there, but took the bottle, the whole bottle, drank the whole bottle. And I'm like, oh, here we are, here we are. And I'm like, you're not gonna get the boob again. Don't look at me. Nope, nope, nope. So I actually ceased breastfeeding cold turkey. Didn't know what I was thinking doing that, but obviously I ended up with mastitis. So I had like um, vegetables, frozen vegetables covered around, um, got from like really big, um, a little bit inflamed. I had to like push it out, um, do to just like ease it off, but not for more production. And I basically really, that was it, cold turkey. Like, you're not going to come back because I was afraid if my baby's going to go back on the boob, not going to take the ball anymore. So I'm like, no, nah, that's it. I'm going to have to stop cold turkey. And I think this was the worst that I could have done for my boots because after that, they really deflated a lot, like a lot. They lost a lot of volume after that. And combined with me starting my fitness journey as well, so I started uh, about six, eight weeks after my second to get into fitness because um, I left the DV relationship and I want to build muscle mass to become stronger. And so I started my fitness journey back then. And with combined with working out and then starting to eat healthier as well, I also like changed body shape. Um, lost a little bit of weight, not much, because I also built muscle mass, but it was more the shape. and. Yeah, eventually down the track, um, I was about 65 kilo, 65 kilo in 2020. That was my lowest weight with um, eating healthier, but it was a lot training, training a lot. That was not sustainable because I got so much into fitness, uh, became PT, nutrition coach. Um, yeah, I got like overtrained in that, at that stage down to 65 and there was not much left there. And what was left was really saggy. And that was the time when I started to ignore my boobs. When I started to be embarrassed about my boobs, when I started to 
hide them when I started to wear a bra at all times. Didn't let anyone see them. Didn't let anyone touch them. Didn't even touch them myself. Didn't even really look at them myself. I kind of like, yeah, denied they're like there and just trying to not affect, let it affect me, bitch, but it was. So if I, back then I had um, a casual uh, agreement with someone um, because relationship-wise I wasn't ready to go anywhere further um, and we had like a casual agreement and even there like I left my bra on at all times. I didn't like them to be free, didn't want to show them, nothing. So I had a really bad relationship with my boobs back then. Now moving forward, um, I've moved then from South Australia to Queensland and in 22, I think it was 22, yeah. And things are definitely changing a lot, but for the better, every brave step um, got me, yeah, got opened new doors. And I started to um, create my fans page, my adult content creation page. On there, I was very reserved as well. At the start, not as long as not showing my boobs, I'm fine. I can show everything else, but just not my boobs. So I was hiding there as well, really hiding. And then I slowly became like more confident in it by having fans who loved them, who loved them. They loved them more than I did love my own boobs. So I had others telling me how amazing they are, how beautiful they are, and what they would give for them. And I'm just like, what is going on here? Like, really? And then through that, I looked at my body, started to look at my body differently. And that was also the moment when a lot changed, a lot from like, um, I stopped being a weight loss transformation coach. I'm focusing all on just weight loss because I ultimately realized all we wanted is, is to love ourselves. So I rebranded to become a self-love coach, which later on also pleasure coach because I've done my tantra, somatic sex coaching, yoga, meditation, breath, all the somatic exercises and practices. But I realized self-love is the foundation of everything. So I started to look at my own body differently. And slowly, slowly but surely, I developed um, and focused on that relationship I have with my boobs by going nude, taking photos of myself, of my boobs. And I didn't mean like the whole uh, sitting in front, no bra, and then you've got these, you know, saggy boobs when they're like, you just have like <laughs> these things and you're like, all right. <laughs> so not in these kinds of position because this was still very raw but slowly and this is something that I teach my clients as well if they have um, body confidence issues or problems with their own body confidence start building it up slowly by not not necessarily straight away go nude but mirror work like look and look at you in front of the mirror and less closing over time less closing then in the in the bikini sleeping overnight um sleep in less closing and then start to sleep naked 
um, you know, there's no one can see you in your bedroom and you sleep naked, but you are starting to get more comfortable with your own body over time, the more you're going to do it. You are ready to take your self-love and pleasure up to the next level when you're ready to unlock your deepest love and pleasure potential for a pleasure-lit life. Then come join the Self, Love and Pleasure Queendom, an online community with an online learning platform and lots of online courses. Or you can work with me one-on-one -on -one through my personalized pleasure-lit coaching package. You can also see more of me at Trisha's Life. More details on how to join, go to selfloveplasure.com. I'm looking forward to connecting with you there. That nude photos in good angles and eventually down the track even in different angles and i started to love them and i started to embrace them calling them hey my saggy mom boobs um then even lingerie try-ons that i'm doing oh yeah here do you want to look how it looks like with saggy mom boobs normalizing saggy mom boobs um to just show not all the boobs are perky and up straight and you know some are this and some are that so showing as much as I like could show, embrace it. Um, also had days where I'm like, hey, today is an empowerment walk. Empowerment walk is going without a bra, go walking, go for, go for a walk without a bra, go for a walk without panties, like empowerment. Just soak it up. How do you feel about it? And like, yeah, start to, if you, the more you're going to do it, the more confident you're going to get in your body. So. Um, as you could hear, I had like a lot of fans and loving them and I really started to embrace them. Then through my Tantra practitioner course, um, I also got into boob massages and that our boobs are actually the, the heart opener. And for us females, especially if we are giving love back to our heart space, because we're giving so much love to the world, to everybody else around us. We are actually penetrating the world with our boobs. You know, it's it's important that we're going to give back to that space through certain boobs massages and boob meditation, breast massages, and that can go really, really beautifully. So I started to include them as well, which helped amazingly on my relationship with my boobs. So now I'm coming to the to the situation where I'm currently at. Although I have worked on my relationship with my boobs, I still decided to go ahead with a boob lift. However, this is coming from a completely different perspective and situation now than when it would have, if I would have done that decision three years ago. If I would have done that decision three or four years ago, it would have come out of a point because I didn't like my boobs, I don't want to see them. I'm not happy with them. Um, and I would have attached my happiness, my self-worth, my self-love to the boob lift. Where now I know I am happy. I am loving my saggy mom boobs. But also I do want a lift. And that is a different perspective. And this is similar to, uh, let me say, like your self-love. I always just say, don't wait for X, Y, and Z to happen before you start loving yourself. Love yourself now, and you can still want to improve 
and become a better version of yourself, right? So it is something like I love, but I still decide I want to have something better, something, you know, I want to go for a better version. So, but I'm not attaching my happiness. I'm not saying like, I'm only happy when I get the boot lift. I would be happy either way. So, and this is attachment and non-attachment, which is really um, important to learn as well. That goes with everything. With everything you can review, like your relationship with alcohol, smoking, um, sex, food, all kind of behaviors. You can look at, am I doing that because I'm saying this makes me happy or am I doing it? And regardless, I would be okay with it. So this led me up to decide to still go ahead with it. Now, knowing I wanted it, there are a couple of things that you need to consider when you are going to do it. Do you want to have a lift, a breast lift, which I'm going to go for? Or do you want to have, um, I'm not sure what's, what's called, but with this cushions in there, the fluid pillow thingies in there. That's what I'm going to call it now. Um, and I know myself, I didn't want that. Like I never wanted it. All I back then wanted was a lift. So they're still my boobs. And I don't have a foreign body in myself because I had the Marina ones um, for a year. And Marina is like a contraception that you're going to insert. And basically it stopped me from having my period. And then I had cysts and cysts couldn't be flushed out because I didn't have my period. And I'm just like, my body doesn't want it. Get it up. Get it up. So I know that I wouldn't want anything foreign in my body. So I know this is just a lift just a lift. A lift is still quite an incision. So they basically going to go just like giving you a little like heads up, um, slightly medical, but no medical education here. Um, they go around your nipple and then they're going to cut around. They're going to cut down below and then they're going to cut under the boob lift. So, and then they can take away that excessive skin uh, and then basically just lift it up. So they will reduce in size. They're currently now a C, like I'm a 10, 12 C. So they're probably going to maybe going to be a B. So I will keep you guys posted. When you go ahead with like a boob lift or surgery in this regards, it's recommended that you are holding your ideal weight for a couple of years already. So you're not going up and down in your weight because otherwise that will happen again. So you should be pretty certain about like, hi, this is the healthy weight range where I'm currently sitting at. I have sit here like the last three, four years easily without doing anything. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead with that. So this is something that they recommend. And then also there's a little process behind it. So it's not like, oh, um, I want it. And then tomorrow it's going to happen. No, that's not. So you're going to have to now go to your general practitioner, like to your doctor first. You're going to have to discuss this. You're going to have to get a referral to a specialist. I have chosen a plastic surgeon just because plastic surgeons have got more education than a cosmetic surgeon. So plastic surgeons, I think it's like six years training on top of, and then they've got another eight uh, years of specializing training and they are registered, etc. So there are more experience, more training involved. Um, so you're going to see them for a consultation. And if you're choosing someone who is good, which after my research on, I've chosen one of the best one here in Australia, you have like a six months waiting period to even get to the first consultation. And this gives you enough time to really 
process that and really be sure about it. Then when you are there for your consultation, depending on what it is that you are going to have, you might need to have a second consultation. So if that's just like, oh, you just want to like look different, have bigger boobs, um, then it's going to be a second consultation just to make sure they want to make sure if it's um, body dysmorphia, like is there any underlying causes why you want it, like attach your happiness and body love to it. In my regards, it was only one consultation because it is actually a medical breast lift. A medical breast lift here in Australia currently is um, something that you can claim on Medicare to a certain degree and you don't need to have a second consultation because your nipple and your um, the skin of the boob is that low and the, that the nipple and the boob is more under the level than it actually should be. I know, right? So in my empowerment walks without bra, if I would wear a crop top, yeah, my boobs will be. They're, they're not at the area of the crop top. They're under there. So they would be like, hi, <laughs> my boobs are looking at you. <laughs> without a bra, plus mine are like really just like deflated so there's like there's no volume on the top so that's actually like like loose skin that i could just pinch up like this is actually tight so like really could he could also similar to say it to someone if you know um maybe who has um been bigger lost a lot of weight and then the skin had no time to adjust around the tummy area for example and they have got this overlap of skin so similar to that so because mine is medically i don't need to have a second consultation just once consultation and then you can choose your date so you also need to put in a deposit like even when you see for the consultation you need to pay for that to secure your appointment and pay the rest of the first appointment when you're there so all of this is really great because it really tries to make yourself sure that you actually really, really want it. So once you've done this waiting list consultation, shows your date, you will get closer to the surgery date about two weeks prior. So I've got mine next week coming up, your pre-operation appointment. In between, you're going to get an email with a whole bunch of information about like what it all is. And at your consultation, you're going to talk about the risks and if it's even uh, eligible, like if it's even going to work and all of that stuff, you can answer all the questions. Super team here um, in Australia and Queensland where I've been super friendly, super knowledgeable. I'm really excited and looking forward to it. So next week I've got my pre-op appointment and you also need to cover all your costs about two weeks prior to your surgery date all your costs and you need to have your pre-operation appointment and you need to start getting into the prep into the prep means like two weeks prior you're not allowed to have any supplements so no fish oil collagen uh, protein powder creatine like everything and anything just let it out if you are on any certain medications it's definitely worth to check out if you need to like stop anything prior as well or if you can take it up to surgery date then no alcohol prior, six weeks, at least no smoking. So all of that is done because I've decided, I'm, I'm not smoking anyway, but I've also decided to go sober. So no more alcohol. Um, so that shouldn't be an issue. I'm just going to have to like look that I'm not going to take any supplements now prior. And yeah, and that you get 
pre prepared for your recovery as well that you know that you're going to have to take certain time of work or take it like slow when you're working from home because you're not going to be able to walk much in the first week um recovery is about six weeks so you can't train at the gym you shouldn't be driving the first week so what am i going to do with kids school pick up and drop offs um you're going to have a space where you need to lay elevated to sleep cool packs button um shirts you can't take a shower uh, at the start etc so there is a lot more behind the recovery which i will get into my second episode to give you the experience and idea of like what i've been through um which is really great to look back to for myself but yeah so that is the lead up to it cost wise um with everything like if i would have done it like three years ago it would have probably been a couple thousand dollars cheaper but i would have done it for the wrong reasons so now and i'm only now able to anyway financially too it is what is it about twelve and a half thousand dollars right now here in australia and queensland visit surgeon that i have chosen who's one of the best because it is a medical breast lift i can claim it on medicare and i could get i think up to one thousand dollars back but you can only claim it once surgeries happen and you've put it all in and then you're going to go from there so that is something something to consider um if you are eligible and fall under the categories to have a medical breast lift that is worth something so these are the costs uh we've talked about the preparation um what a lift is so it's basically just removing excessive skin to lift them up so your nipple will be set up higher um and then the volume like whatever your boob has available the volume will be given but again like there are so many risks again um as well so you're gonna have to really do your own research about the risks and everything around um breast surgery basically but this is giving you a little insight into why i'm choosing a breast lift and yeah and i'm actually really excited about running around without a bra and a crop top without my boobs peeking out and being like hi <laughs> i'm looking forward to that i will be wearing less bras but still lingerie to be honest just gonna have sexy times yeah as you can also see um my invisaligns are still in there so i think i've got another few months to go with that i'm already so so happy that i've made this decision to invest in myself for straighten up my teeth that i couldn't that i wasn't able to when i was way younger and my family couldn't afford it now i could afford it and i could straighten them love it like my smile looks so different and i love smiling it's just uh, and, and the flossing is so easier the brushing teeth is easier like just alone for that to be able to look after my teeth better and easier that's even worth it and then this beautiful smile obviously um so if i could have done the lift without surgery for example through nutrition or training i would have done it that way but the other only option is wearing a bra at all like to lift them up and even then when i have that um if you've seen some of the videos and photos that i've posted on my social medias there are there are moments when i lean forward and then you just have this flappy skin and yeah i'm just looking forward to 
have them lifted, something I have worked and wanted for many years, but from a different perspective now. So, yeah, it gets me excited. But either way, I have worked on this relationship with my boobs. And I can only let you know that no matter what you do, if you are considering a lift, uh, breast surgery or not, it doesn't matter. Whatever you decide for yourself, as long as you decide that it feels right to you and that it is the right decision for you and for you only, not for someone else. Um, and yeah, and that you do not attach your happiness and self-worth and self-love against it because you can still love yourself with saggy boobs but you can also love yourself with a breast lift or with cushions in there. Whatever you decide for yourself will be the right thing. And with that said, I hope you enjoyed that a little bit of an insight into the let's talk about boobs, baby. Let's talk about boobs, you and me. <laughs> and I can't wait to take you along for that journey. So make sure you're following my social medias. So you keep up with the live versions, kind of. Like I'm going to share all of my stories and posts uh, definitely about my journey. And then I will do a recap um, on my second episode about the boob lift with recovery, surgery day, pre-op, um, sleep, pain, like whatever comes around there. Woo! <laughs> so with lots of love and pleasure. Mm -hmm.